just gave Leia canned food, but she's still being a little demonoid. Oh, Leia. Well, you know what? We're due for some Leia in the background of this episode because (laughs) I feel like she's been awfully quiet soon. And all of the cat listeners out there are probably wondering how she's doing. Well, it might be this episode. So, (laughs) Leia, what do you have to say for yourself? Now she's quiet. Yeah. (laughs) This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. And if you have not seen our Instagram after Halloween, (laughs) I now will forever know Corinne as Bigfoot. And what I love most is, Sabrina, you didn't see it for a long time. Like, it was posted, and then suddenly you texted me, you DM'd me, and you were like, oh my god! But it's been posted for, like, ten hours. (laughs) I was behind. I need to put a tracker on you just to, like, see when you post, because you're the queen of Halloween. It's amazing. Thank you. Well, I already, I woke up on November 1st, which is today, which is when we are recording, and I said... I need to start thinking about Halloween costumes for next year. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was instantly very sad that it was November 1st. Yeah. Last year, I remember walking to work and every storefront on Newberry Street in Boston just immediately had up Christmas stuff. And I was like, you didn't even give two hours. Like, just flipped it overnight. Let us mourn the loss of Halloween. Yeah, we need at least one week to mourn. And then (laughs) mid-November is when everything can Then they can shift. Yes. In the holidays. I actually love the holiday season. It's nice. I do too. I, it is going to be weird this year. I just mm-hmm. don't know that I'll be able to do anything or go anywhere. I know. There's no little Christmas markets. Everything is inside. <sighs> but it does give me, at least personally, the opportunity to finally get mold wine right. I've made it oh three my times God, and every yes. time it's awful. Wait, can I just say, we went two years ago to that farm. I can't remember the name of it. It was like Connor's Farm. But I think we stopped at a place. Are you talking about with me? Yeah, with you. We stopped at a place. Maybe it was Connor's Farm. Did it they was have a storefront? Okay. Yeah, yeah. They had little packets of mold wine seasonings. Oh, yes, I have it. They're amazing. They are. You know what I've started doing because I still can't seem to get my mold wine? Like, I don't, you know what I don't get right? I don't get right the sweetness. I, it's mm. too tart and I need to either like pour more sugar or honey in or something. But I've been using those little mm. packets. It's like, ye old tradition or whatever the brand is from that little market and i've been putting them in my tea it's (gasps) so good wait yum i drink this one tea it's called runa tea and it really doesn't have any flavor but it's supposed to be equal to like one cup of coffee in terms of caffeine so i just shove the little like mold spice pack in there too and it's so good yum another idea for at home holiday tradition things i'm going to the butcher the the name of the woman i can't remember her name at all but she is from will and grace she's the one that makes her voice really high in will Mm, and grace mm -hmm. her and her husband she's married to nick offerman they do puzzle i think i've told you this before they do puzzles together and then they recreate their puzzle once it's done so they take a picture of themselves dressed as their puzzle and that is so fun I feel like that's a good holiday one. Like each week you can just challenge yourself. We all just get, we're just getting creative this year. Yeah. Yeah. Find the weirdest things and enjoy them and share them with us because then we can try them. Yeah. And we can all be still spooky, but also seasonal and safe in our own homes. Enjoying the seasons. Yes. And before we know it, Halloween 2021 will be upon us very soon. I know. And everyone needs to start thinking of Halloween costumes because next year... I already know what I'm going to do next year. You do? Yeah. Sabrina, yep. is it a secret? 
It's a secret. I'm going to take a page out of your book <laughs> and uh, keep my mouth shut. And I only say this because I was a little disappointed with myself this year. And it's like, whatever, it's fine. It's I can make up a million excuses. But to be honest, I procrastinated a ton with costumes. And then I ended up just wearing my skeleton outfit that I wore a few years ago, which is fine. The only person who's mad about it is me. Uh, <laughs> and I'm okay. Don't worry. I'll talk to my therapist about it. <laughs> but I promise I'm okay. Uh, Are you? <laughs> Are you? I think I've lost it. No, but I am excited. Now I'm planning this far in advance and I'm going to make things crazy. Are you going to be Voldemort? No. <sighs> All right. I'll just wait for the year that you finally do it. <laughs> or I'll do it myself. <laughs> oh my gosh but this is an encounters episode and we're here to read you ghost stories because halloween may have passed but we are still some spooky booches and we're gonna read ghost stories to you every week because that's what we do oh yeah oh yeah i think you are first corinne okay this one is called troll maybe question mark Hello, ladies, new listener, but it's a really awesome podcast. I love ghost stories and love this podcast. My story is a bit unusual, and I've always found it hard to explain, and many people don't usually believe it to be true, so we usually don't share much, but for me, it's been almost 15 years. Myself and my four sisters lived with my parents in a two-bedroom apartment in Cicero, a suburb near Chicago. Cicero? I feel like it would be Cicero. That sounds right to me. That sounds right. All right, well... Two options there for everyone. (laughs) We were all kind of young, like four to eight years old for all of my younger sisters. And my older sister was 18 years old at the time. My mom worked in the evening and my dad would send us to bed at 9 p.m. after letting us watch TV. My dad is Mexican, so he watched all Spanish TV all the time. And so did we, meaning that all movies were poorly translated. I don't remember around what time of year it was, but I remembered that The Exorcist was on TV. Nope. He never let us watch scary movies, and so he promptly sent us to bed when it came on. We all complained, but he raised his voice and we quickly were off to bed. The way our apartment was set up was that our bedroom was close to the living room. We had a bed behind the door, and from the bed you could see through the crack of the door near the hinges that kept the door up, if that makes sense. And we would all often sit behind the door on that bed and watch whatever my dad was watching until he turned off the TV. my God. I just imagine them piled on top of each each other's (laughs) shoulders. Each head, little eyeball stacked on another eyeball. So cute. Oh my gosh. We would watch until he turned off the TV and then would settle into our beds at night. That night, the four of us young sisters settled into the bed and piled up together to watch The Exorcist from that little crack on the door (laughs) after my dad had sent us to bed. We knew it was scary, and that's why he wouldn't let us stay and watch a while, but we all wanted to watch it. A few minutes into watching the movie, we were still going strong, all piled up and watching, covering our mouths to stop from yelling out in fear. (laughs) The movie was definitely scary, but what happened next terrified all of us. Out of the corner of our vision... We saw someone walking. My older sister would go out at night and we just figured that maybe she was just getting ready to go out with her friends. And as she walked closer to the crack in the door, we all realized it was definitely not my sister. Oh my gosh. We all clearly saw a woman in white with crazy white hair standing right in front of our line of sight. Mm. She stopped and she turned so that we saw half of her face. Oh, 
which was blue and demonic looking with one bright red eye. No. We all jumped back as she looked right at us. We all freaked out and we hid under the covers and we fell asleep all together until later that night when my mom came home and saw us and she made us move. (laughs) The next day, we all agreed that we had seen the same thing. We were all terrified and we agreed not to tell my parents. For years, we all were silent. We never saw it again and we completely ignored it until one day in 2011. While watching an old TV show, Paranormal State, we heard the host Ryan Buell's experience seeing what he called a troll. He described the troll as a man with crazy white hair and a blue face and a red eye. We all freaked out as we remembered the time that we saw that same thing. How is this possible? He went on to explain that trolls came to scare people, specifically children who misbehave badly and children who were disobeying their parents. All this makes sense since we were ignoring my dad and doing something that we were not supposed to. But scariest experience ever. Yeah. We've had other things happen at this house, but this was by far the scariest moment ever. Hope to hear back from you and see what y'all think. M. Diaz. So many thoughts because it's scary enough sneakily watching The Exorcist and then this crazy, scary, possibly troll, but possibly like drowned woman or like suffocated or someone who, you know, like straight demon. The color of the blue is mm-hmm. is a common thing in people who are strangled or drowned, like, you know, right. loss of oxygen. But the fact, the timing of that, that whatever this entity was, came walking by the doorway and turned to look at them. I know. It's Ooh. so creepy. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. And for all of them to be stacked up and piled right there, too, it would be like, you can imagine how kind of entangled they'd be as they were trying to yeah. scramble away from the door, which makes it even scarier. And to be, oh God, no, I, I hate the idea of seeing something through a crack for some reason is so much scarier than just being face to face with it. Well, it's the fear of it seeing you through the crack. Like the fact Mm -hmm. that they were sneakily watching through this crack that their dad didn't know about. And they were like, Ooh, we're doing the mischievous thing that no one knows about. And all of a sudden this weird, creepy creature entity knows they're there. Yeah, I know. That's really disturbing. Like you think you're hidden. But the scary ghosts can still find you. And for them to have only seen it one time. Super interesting. I know. I was just thinking, like, are there ghosts who assign themselves to certain movies? And they're like, I'm going to go haunt whoever's watching this movie. Yeah. This reminds me of Monsters, Inc. It's like you get assigned a room, you get assigned Mm -hmm. a tube, a door to step through, something like that. What movie would you pick? Probably Insidious. And then I would do the little dance. Oh my gosh. So scary. It disturbs me. I thought you were going to say it follows because you say it follows all the time. It follows would scare me as a ghost. I would be too afraid. (laughs) I wouldn't want to repeat watching Like when you're working in a haunted house and you scare yourself. Yeah, definitely. I think Insidious or Amityville Horror. I think those two are like this, some of the greatest movies. Yeah. What would you choose? I think I would choose Hereditary. That's the first thing that came to mind. Oh my God. Hereditary is messed up. It's so messed up. And there's that, that noise. Oh my God. I hate that. Yes. Hereditary is the movie that I watched on two levels of volume. You know, like (laughs) you normally watch it, maybe like volume 30. I watched it so quietly that I could hardly make out what they were saying (laughs) because I was so scared. It is crazy the way that your senses are titillated in scary movies. Like, Mm -hmm. if you were to watch a scary movie without the soundtrack, it wouldn't feel the same. 
No. You, it I wouldn't know. be as scary. Well, that's why we were saying Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights was so amazing because not only did they put so much attention into just like the detail of the set, but the sound, the smells, they worked every angle of your senses yep. to make it like the most authentic and scary experience for each house. You're in it. In it. Can't wait for 2021 because then we can go back to Horror I Nights. I know. Okay. I have a story. And if you hear paper crumpling, it's because it's a written story from our listener, Kat. And we opened our mail last week and we're posting it on Patreon. Mm-hmm. And this was, she sent us a card and her story in it. And I will say her story was like very neatly folded And it was almost as if, you know, remember when you were in middle school and you would fold notes in the very specific manner and pass them to your friends? Yes. It would be like almost like a little football, like a football fold. It was kind of folded like that. It wasn't that exactly, but it felt like that when I was opening it. Mm -hmm. And then there was a surprise inside, which came in the form of little spider (gasps) stickers, but I was not expecting them. And I thought they were real. And I threw (laughs) the letter across the room. And I was like, actually, that's the most disturbing thought to think that someone, you know, like when you press flowers or you press leaves, yeah. someone like pressed Ew. spiders to make like real ass spider confetti. That is disgusting. Ugh. No one better Ugh. ever do that. Please, that is never. I'm like crying just thinking about it. If someone does that, we are burning our P.O. box to the ground and I'm never going back. Just it's the done. whole, not even just our box, everyone's. Every, like, sorry, U.S. Postal Services. I don't know what to tell you. You didn't do a good job identifying that they were dead spiders scan in my for package. spiders. <laughs> Not their job. Okay. So this is from Kat, and it says, have you ever lived in a haunted house? Question mark. She says, for eight years, I lived in a haunted house. It was built in 1871, and while it had a few renovations to modernize it, it still remained much the same as when it was built. Creaky old hardwood floors and lots of small rooms that led into each other. No open concept here. Nothing happened the first couple of years I lived there. Just the normal old house problems like old plumbing backing up or a leak appearing in the roof after a rainstorm. And for the most part, it was a very peaceful place to live. And I settled in with my husband and our cat. Then one night, something terrifying happened. I was in the bathroom brushing my teeth. And in the mirror, I could see the shower, which was covered in a shower curtain. And all of a sudden, two hands pushed out from the shower making a pawing motion, moving the whole shower curtain outward. I was so startled I couldn't even scream. I thought that a person had somehow gotten into my house and into the shower, and so I ran out of the bathroom and got my husband from the next room because I needed him with me if I was going to be brave enough to pull back that shower curtain to see what was going on. We pulled the shower curtain back, and it had only been about 30 seconds since I saw the hands and the pawing motion, but there was nothing there, and nothing in the rest of the house. All of the doors and windows were locked, and a human would not have had time to hide in those 30 seconds. A few weeks later, the same thing happened to my husband when he was alone in the bathroom. The two hands pushed out the shower curtain from the other side and made the same pawing motion. He was also terrified, but pulled the curtain back right away. And of course, nothing was there. At this time, we had a wonderful special needs old man black cat. I adopted him when he was a senior and I spoiled him like crazy. He had a hard life until that point and I wanted his golden years to be really good. His favorite toys were little foam bouncy balls, and he didn't always want to chase them very far since he was older. So I got a whole bunch of them and would bounce them by him, and he would happily swipe at them from where he was, lying down lazily in the living room. And often the balls would go underneath or behind furniture where he and I could not get them. They were so cheap that I wouldn't sweat it. We had plenty. But somehow, they started moving on their own. They would come out from under the furniture when he was walking by, all by themselves, 
Ooh, that's so creepy. And so unsettling. Yeah. <gasps> they would always bounce over to him wherever he was in the room. Oh, my God. I tried to tell myself that it was an old house and the floors must be kind of uneven. And it was just a coincidence. And I tried not to think about it too much. Eventually, the cat passed away from old age. It was sad, but he had made it to a very ripe old age and had a lot of really lovely years with us. We gathered up all of his old toys, all the bouncy balls, and donated them. Then, a few months later, we started having to stay home due to the pandemic. And mysteriously, a few bouncy balls appeared. They moved around the house on their own, and my husband and I asked each other, was that you? Thinking the other put them out as a nice memory. But neither of us were doing it. So where did they come from and how they moved? It's a complete mystery. The hands pawing under the curtain shower, the balls moving on their own. Was it maybe a playful child ghost who was trying to interact with us and the cat? We moved away a month ago, and I will never really know, but I will always wonder. Cat. This took so many twists and turns because at first I was like, oh my gosh, there's a creepy person that's like touching the shower curtain. And then when she started talking about her cat, I was like, oh, maybe it was the cat pawing at the shower curtain. But then when the cat was living, the toys were getting played with and pushed around by some unseen force. So now I'm super divided. Was it something <laughs> cute and the little cat just hanging out and and still showing itself and showing that it was present? Or is there something else that just is continuing to act like the cat is still there? Play with the cat potentially or just... I don't know. Touch the shower curtain. I didn't think about ghost cat, but that's very possible that the balls that they found post their cat passing away. Could have been a ghost cat. Could have been a ghost cat. But I guess I was imagining, and this is my dark mind, but I was imagining the hands pawing at the shower curtain at a higher level. But, and it's just such a creepy, weird thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's super creepy. And I'm imagining like a kid hiding on, or like a, some ghost hiding under the furniture and slowly passing things as like people and the cat are going by like that's so unsettling like a hand reaching out and grabbing you yeah it makes it like it's crawling around ew i hate this (laughs) but it very possibly could be good i don't know i know it's such a toss-up it's like either it's something just benign some ghost playing with the cat could be the cat or sometimes it's just i don't know there's something about like toys getting played with. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I've seen enough scary movies now that I don't <laughs> always trust it. I'm like, well, it's trying to gain the trust of something. It's trying to look like something else. Yeah. Maybe we've seen too many scary movies. I think we have. I think we're, we assume there's a lot more darkness than there actually is. Yeah. But I'd rather think that there's more than there is and be prepared for it than be unprepared. <laughs> that's my motto. I guess that's, yeah, that's it's not a very long one, but wrong. that's my motto. <laughs> Okay, this is from our listener, Brie. It is called Trampoline Sleepovers and a Farmhouse. Oh. So it's the best. That's the best combo. Ugh, nostalgia. <laughs> Hello, Corinne and Sabrina. First of all, let me start by saying congrats to the newlyweds. Oh. Hey. It makes it sound like we got married. <laughs> you and Nick. Woohoo. Woohoo. My name is Brie and I live in Idaho Falls, Idaho. I'm still a somewhat new listener, but I'm hooked and almost caught up. Thanks for helping me get through these wild times. I decided I'd write in with my story, or now stories, I should say, as things have been actually starting to happen in our home that I'm not totally okay with, mostly because of the fact that we have a two-year-old daughter now, and I'm easily spooked, or (laughs) pooked, as my little girl likes to say. Oh, pooked. 
So cute. I'll start with the one that I've had for years and finish with the not so grabby. When I was younger, my parents divorced and my sister and I lived with our amazing mom the majority of the time. But being a single mother doing everything on her own, money was tight and times were tough, though she hid that well from us. We moved rental to rental most of our childhood, mostly run down, not ideal homes. When I was in the fourth grade, we moved into an old farmhouse out in the country. I'm talking stereotypical farmhouse. Two-story, square, high ceilings, cracking walls, old home with a red, okay, pink from being sun-bleached barn, Hmm. slowly collapsing on the property, and we weren't allowed to go near. There was a long driveway along some shrubs that came up to the house and wrapped around the back of the house where everyone would park. And though it was in the country, there was a large church directly across the street, Not a Mormon church, surprisingly, given my location, just a typical non-denominational church. This comes into play later. The house gave off this strange vibe that you could brush off as just being your imagination in a 100-plus-year-old home, but so much happened in the not-even-full year of us being able to handle living there. I'll start with my bedroom. Noises upon noises, nightly. My mom would tell me that it was just my anxiety. Your girl was diagnosed with that one in second grade, unfortunately. Mm. But then there quickly came shadows flashing all over the room. It didn't matter if the lights were on or off, curtains open or shut, day or night, constantly. It got so bad that my mom actually treated me with the master bedroom just to see if it would help me out. But needless to say, it didn't in the slightest. Oh, no. It felt as though they were following me at that point. And my mom would have me say, in the name of God, I command you to leave and to never return whenever things would happen. I then began sleepwalking, (gasps) which I've never done with the exception of a few years ago when I was dreaming vampire Lady Gaga from American Horror Story was coming to eat me. And I really freaked my (laughs) husband out with that one saying, I just have to go. She's coming. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'd find myself sleeping in the hallway at least once a week. One day, my friend came to have a sleepover. We decided to camp out on the trampoline in the front yard. My sister and yes. I did this a lot growing up. That's the We got best. the coziest bed. I know, so fun. Summer sleepovers mm-hmm. out underneath the stars. We got the coziest bed all set up and we were ready to go. A couple hours later, we were awoken by a man, likely on drugs, I'm sure, riding his bike in circles in the church parking lot. We didn't have a porch light on or anything, so the chances of him seeing us were very slim. But being kids, we quickly rolled our blankets up and hauled the giant burrito into the house. (laughs) We ran upstairs and we told my mom. We could faintly hear him yelling something, so my mom opened the window and the guy got off his bike, sat down on the ground facing our house, and started shouting, Beware! Beware! Over and over. Then he got on his bike and laughed hysterically as he rode away. Obviously, we weren't about to go back out and have a sleepover outside. So we unrolled our blankets onto the floor of the living room. And shortly after falling asleep, I woke up to see a man's pale face in the window that quickly vanished. Cue the heart attack. But the saddest part of the story is my mom and I went out the next day to the spot that I saw the face to see if we could see anything explainable. And our cat Simba had been attacked by something and was laying in the same spot dying. (gasps) Oh my god! He unfortunately didn't make it. And to this day, we can't explain what happened. Oh, poor cat. I know. Oh, I have chills and my heart hurts. Mm -hmm. In the same house, we often had a white truck that would drive down our driveway and briefly park behind the house before leaving. It only happened if my sister and I were home alone. It got to the point where my mom borrowed my dad's giant camcorder and set it up so that we had our own little surveillance system. 
We were never able to make out the face or the license plate. After having enough of these creepy incidents, we broke our lease early to get out. The night we were moving, my mom hired a babysitter to hang out with me, my sister, and our cousins whose parents were helping us move. It was dark and the adults were taking a load to the new house. All of us hanging out in the living room, playing the telephone game, when suddenly the front screen door of the home began slamming open and shut repeatedly, and all the lights began to flicker. Even our high school age babysitter was in tears. Oh my gosh. There are more stories to this home, but this will have to do for now. It is worth noting that after I was older, my mom told me about a little girl she would see all the time in that home. Her spot was at the top of the stairs. She says she wasn't evil in any way, but she wasn't about to tell us about it (laughs) with everything else going on. But fast forward to today. Nothing has really happened to me since, and I don't feel like I'm someone that's very sensitive to the paranormal. My husband is the same with the exception of the occasional visit from his father who passed of cancer a few years ago and his stories of growing up in a very similar farmhouse. We've lived in our home for about four and a half years now. It's a split entry, 90s, built home in a neighborhood. It's pretty uneventful up until a few weeks ago. Now things are happening constantly. It started one morning when my daughter and I were FaceTiming my sister. We were sitting on our sofa located in our upstairs main living area. I heard a woman singing coming from our downstairs. I had my sister talk to my daughter while I went to see if there was a toy going off or something, but nothing. I walked outside to see if maybe there had been someone from our neighbor's house, but again, nothing. I'm the only stay-at-home mom on our block, and it sure didn't look as if any of our neighbors were home. Later that day, I was doing a video session with my therapist. I guess this is where I can back you up on better help. Hmm. It rocks. Oh, good. (laughs) My husband had taken my daughter outside to keep her entertained while I spoke to my therapist. Five minutes in, I hear him open the door from the garage and say, oh, uh, never mind then in a really confused voice, and then go back inside. Later, he tells me that he heard knocking coming from the hallway located behind our garage, and he was checking to see why I was doing laundry or knocking on the wall when I should be with my therapy appointment, and he was dumbfounded when I wasn't there. I hadn't told him anything about my experience earlier that day yet either. But since then, it seems things are happening on the daily and usually coming from our downstairs. Even a woman's scream earlier this week that couldn't be explained. Wow. I guess I should mention, we heard that the previous homeowners lost their teenage daughter somehow. Not in the home, at least. I hope it isn't true for their sake, but it would at least give us a possible explanation as to what's going on. Well, this is hard to keep short and sweet, and I hope it didn't take up too much time. Thanks again for the fun episodes that make me feel not so crazy. Stay spooky. See you on the other side. Bree. Wow. That first house is so scary. And I like, I keep picturing it and I feel like I'm just projecting my own ideas onto it, but I'm imagining it that the house is kind of like abandoned or left alone for a few years before Brie and her family moved in. And then maybe the decrepit barn was used by some group and there were people who would go to it a bunch and there's like weird, who knows what was happening there. And that truck kept coming because maybe they we're waiting for tenants to leave the home to go back into the barn to recover yeah. some buried treasure or drugs. I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's hard to tell, but it's really creepy. Whatever attacked the cat, too. I know. And just the face vanishing and the guy on the bike, it all just seems like I feel like the guy on the bike was an actual person on the bike. And I had assumed that he was kind of the one by the window. But mm-hmm. it also makes me wonder, like, I, I'm almost taken back to episode 12. <laughs> no, not episode 12. Called Dominus. When we talk about Rick 
that was this listener story we read at the end. And it just kind of reminds me of like, perhaps this guy was some guy that was like taken over by this one entity that was attached to the church or the house or something and continued to just be driven mad and come back and like lose all of his control. Yeah. I also was thinking of mental illness just in that. And I, you know, there's always something to be worried about and, you know, hopefully he's able to get help. But like, if it was this man who killed the cat or hurt the cat, was he driven to it by something? Right. Because, yeah, yeah, it sounds like there was plenty in the house just to begin with. I mean, right. beyond the man showing up, there was plenty of activity inside the house and an actual spirit seen by the mother. Yeah. The little girl. Yeah. I want to now I want Brie. Your mom has to email us now. I want to know what, <laughs> oh, no, what she need, experienced. We need to hear her experiences because to Brie, it's worth probably a follow up conversation with her because I wonder I feel like parents are, it would make sense that she didn't want to say anything. She didn't want to scare her kids. But I wonder Mm -hmm. how much, if there's anything else that she just hasn't shared, if she's like kind of dropping just little bits of information to see how everyone reacts. But I wonder what she, everything she truly saw and experienced in there. Mm -hmm. I want to know. Also, Brie did send us a screenshot of the window where the face was and where her cat passed away. (laughs) But then she also sent a picture of her daughter dressed up as a strawberry oh. for Halloween as a little palette cleanser to the oh my sad gosh. photo. So cute. I know. Adorable. Ugh, love it. And I wonder who that woman is at, at her house today. I know because a woman singing, a woman screaming and knocking. I don't know. I don't know what to make of yeah. it. Yeah. Knocking is like, I feel like when we watch like Ghost Adventures or any of those paranormal shows, knocking is like a form of communication. Right. But when we're reading stories and when we're doing research, especially with demonic possessions or exorcisms of the home, knocking tends to be in that category of demonic possession. Mm-hmm. So it makes yeah. me wonder. But I mean, knowing the backstory of that house and the family who lived there previously lost a daughter, you know, it very well could be her. And I hope mm-hmm. she's not confused, but... You never know. Yeah. Seeing this new family there, like, I would scream. (laughs) I know. It's terrifying. It's sad. It makes me think of the movie The Others. And if anyone hasn't seen The Others, you should watch it. It definitely built my sympathy for spirits Mm. and, like, the confusion that comes with new families moving in or just, like, renovations and all of those disturbances to something that was once yours Right. And now everything's changing around you and you're losing control and you're confused about where you are and you don't quite understand what's happening. Yeah. Okay. I have another one. This is from Stevie and it's called A Demon Trapped in My Psychic Board. Hi, ladies. Lately, a lot of your episodes have featured Ouija boards and I finally decided to share my story. It's a doozy. So first, some background. You may have noticed the subject line I put in psychic board and you may be wondering, well, what the heck is that? So let me explain. It's a Ouija board, but different. Often thought as a safer alternative, it can be used within the Wiccan community. And I mean, anyone can use it, but you get my drift. The reason it is supposed to be safer is because before opening the board to start communication and during closing communication as well, you pray to the elements for protection and guidance during the journey you are about to embrace. When closing, you thank them and say goodbye with a different prayer. Cool, right? So because of this practice, it has been the only board I have ever used. The sucky part is I don't think I can ever use it again. Here's why. I originally got the board from my mom. She has always been extremely open and my grandma is a practicing witch. You could say it runs in the family. And I have never used it until I was about 15. 
I finally got it out one day with my friend thinking nothing would happen. We held hands, lit some candles, said the opening prayer to the elements and mother and father, then started the year plus relationship we all had with ghosts. During this time, we met a few travelers here and there who would give us predictions on what would happen. Quite a few have come true, by the way, including the name of my now husband, who I met and started dating just a year later. I already knew I had some ghosts in the house, an old man who lived in the hallway, a little boy who creeped on the stairs, which sounds scarier than it is, and (laughs) the lady in white who lived in my closet. She hated me. However, none of them ever came through. Instead, we had one visitor who wasn't attached to the house at all, but actually to one of my friends who would talk to us consistently. His name was Alex. Nothing crazy ever happened, to be honest. We always talked to Alex, like every day, and we literally created a bond and friendship with him. He stated that he was my friend, let's call her T, protector, and it seemed like that was true. The weird thing, however, is that he always had a warning for me as well. It's as if he was slowly becoming all of our protectors, the group of the four or five of us. Alex would always tell me that my depression wasn't normal. I was struggling a lot during this time and had taken up self-harm and repeatedly Alex would tell me it's R. Now I put just R because I literally can't remember his name. This was less than 10 years ago and had such a huge impact in me. And yet I can't remember. It's as if my mind is shielding me from making that connection again. Anyway, again, with all of our visitors, we never had any trouble. It was fun and helped all of us de-stress And I'm not sure if I can explain it right, but our group of friends all had mental health issues of some kind, and sharing this experience and thinking we had a protector helped all of us deal with life. Now, however, we get to the part where everything goes south. So much so that I can never use my board again, and it completely cut all of us off from the joy this board used to bring. Remember my friend T? Well, her house was also haunted. She never talked or messed with anything, though, until we started using my board, and it was a good year or so, and she finally asked me one day, I'm curious as to what's in my basement. Do you think I could borrow your board? And of course, I said yes. It has the protection prayer and we've never had anything bad ever happen. So why not? The following Monday, and I had given the board to her on Friday, she brought it back to me, shoved it in my arms, mumbled thanks, and quickly walked away. I was like, that was weird. We were at school, so I just stuck it in my bag and thought nothing of it. It wasn't until I got home that I realized something wasn't right. Once home, I took the board out and gave it a once-over. The box, mind you, I did not open it, and already I could see that it looked worn. Now this thing has to have been from like the 80s, so it already had a little bit of fading around it, but this was different. A part of the corner was ripped, and some of the lettering looked like it had been rubbed almost completely off. Then, out loud, without even realizing it, I said, there's something in the board. I immediately dropped it and start messaging my other friends that I think T did something to the board, that something wasn't right and I didn't know what. Another one of my friends, E, called me and said, well, open it. If something's wrong, then see what it is. Now, it's important to note that this board is not open until you say the prayer and start communication. So you can open up up the board, touch it and whatever, and nothing should happen until you actually start using it. So I did just that. With E still on the phone, I slowly opened the box and unfolded the board. The inside was even worse. Words were almost all the way scratched off. Colors were faded. Corners were bent. She ruined my board, I said. Wait, like she trashed it, said E. And I said, no, this isn't damage that someone can do in just a few days. I think something bad happened. And over the course of the next few weeks, I asked T what had happened. She refused to tell me and kept saying everything was fine until one day I finally blurted out, I know it's not okay. I know you did something. What happened? Is there something in my board? She went quiet for a moment and then softly said, I I think so. 
You guys, I was shocked. How could that happen? I thought we were protected. What the hell happened to my board? Then I got the story. Turns out, T and about three other friends who had not used the board before took it down to her basement over the weekend, and at first nothing happened. Alex made a small appearance, but all was normal. Then, according to her, Alex said, It's coming. Now, this is all from my memory of what she told me, so some of the details might be off, but what happened next, she said, was the most terrifying thing she could have ever imagined. There was a chill in the air, and everyone got stiff. T is also pretty sensitive, so she says she immediately knew something dark was in the room. Another close friend, A, started crying and said she could see it. It was dark. It was a black oh mass God. surrounding them. From there, they all started shaking uncontrollably and said they were hearing voices. A lot of voices. All of them talking at once, making a sound like waves crashing against the coast. T shouts for this thing to leave them alone and starts the closing prayer. When she finishes and shuts the board closed, everything stops. No more noise. No more cold. A was still crying and everyone was, was just looking at each other, scared out of their minds. After talking to the others who were there, I learned that they all saw something different, but equally terrifying. And that T never said the beginning protection spell. Due to the condition of the board, it is my belief that she trapped whatever it was in the board. I have not used it since, only watched as the words and color fade and get more and more scratched away over time. I used to open it quite often and thought about trying to cleanse it myself, but I never have and I'm not sure I will. So now it sits in my house, holding on to whatever entity they encountered that night, and I'm not sure if it will ever escape. But I also don't know what needs to be done to get rid of it. If I open the board, I'm worried about what might happen. So that's the story of the possible demon dark spirit stuck in my board. Stay spooky and see you guys in the next life. Stevie. This is one of those cases where I'm like, we should turn to our coven group on mm -hmm. Two Girls, One Ghost Facebook and ask them what to do. Get their perspective. Because there's a lot of people that use Ouija boards as part of their craft and as part of their practice. Right. You and I avoid them because oh, we yeah. don't have... The knowledge or the power so we're like let's just keep let's just stay on the safe side over here and just exactly. never crack one open but yeah i don't have good advice or really know what should happen it sounds like it could be dangerous to kind of meddle with the I board agree. again i just think okay whatever this entity was that shrouded everyone in darkness and was speaking all these voices and so many things we're talking makes me think it's like a soul sucker of some kind and it likes to breed on souls and take lives and luckily that evening it didn't have enough time to like possess anyone or escape outside of the board and now it's mm -hmm. just stuck in there and given the opportunity i don't want to know what it will do i know i think better to be stuck in there and keep it in there i agree yeah it makes me really scared and it makes me scared that this is going to be one of those boards where you know after some time maybe stevie will choose to just like put it into storage or forget about it or give it to someone else. I feel like this is a good example of a cursed board mm -hmm. that might make its way into unsuspecting hands. Like, like a, a oh, thrift store find. Or goes to a future. Goodwill. Yes. Donation center of some kind. That's exactly what I'm thinking. <gasps> oh my gosh. It's so scary. So scary. Every time I get scared of antiques and thrift stores, I just tell myself, it's okay, Corinne. Sabrina had a haunted bear from Costco. <laughs> So that's true. They really, could be anywhere. It could be from anywhere. <laughs> I, okay. Yes. Uh, Stevie, I'm sorry. We don't have a good answer, but I think what you're doing is probably the best. I do. Mm -hmm. However, if anyone does have suggestions, please email them to us and we will 
we're, we will send them to Stevie and try to help. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're on the Facebook group, Stevie, post because people yeah. will come to your aid there. That's true. Let's have a discussion. Let's get together, understand what we should do, and support Stevie. Yes. All right. If you hear paper in the back, that is because I, too, have a story that was submitted uh, in our snail mail. Ooh. This is from Tiffany. This is Tiffany had, if you remember, she had all of the the cats and one of the oh cats gosh. was named Sir Kitten. Yes. Burr. Yes. Okay. Happy fall, y'all. I grew up in a very spiritually active family. My mother is a medium. My grandmother was a medium and witch. My brother is a medium. I am a medium to an extent. I can see spirits and I can feel energy. However, I cannot speak to spirits unless they want to communicate with me. Mm. This being said, almost all of the spirit encounters have been through my dreams or rather astral projection. Like you say, just like me. My scariest encounter was when I was 21. I was alone at home with my three dogs doing laundry, nothing out of the ordinary. While I went to go downstairs, my dogs sat in my doorway and they would not move. As I looked up, I watched a large black shadow figure walk from my stairs to the spare bedroom. That day I cleansed my house and that night my ghost spoke to me about how the negative things in my life had attracted it. Moral of the story, try to stay positive at all times. The world senses what you put out. Happy Halloween, Tiffany. Oh, that's a beautiful sentiment. I know. And also, I like that the ghost, like the other spirits are like, hey, let's take a minute to think about what just happened. (laughs) We'll kind of, you know, talk about it. Let it sink in. What do you, how do you feel? What do you think this means? And I'm going to tell you what happened and why this happened. Yeah. (laughs) And why you need to not have so much negativity take over your life. Wow. I love Love it. it. So great. Be positive. All right. What do you have for us? <laughs> this is not so positive. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is from, why did I say it like that? This is from Angelica and it's called Robert the Doll Cursed Me. Oh my God. No. <gasps> did she take a picture of Robert without his permission? Oh, uh, Maybe. We'll find out. We'll find out. Hey, speak friends. Have I got a hell of a story for you. It has everything. Weddings, haunted dolls, Zach Bagans, and Victorian ghosts. And it all wow. happened last December. My husband and I decided to rent a gorgeous 1960s Spanish-style mansion in Florida to host our private wedding. Pictures are included. We flew our family and friends in to stay with us for a month, and immediately, most of us noticed strange things. No one, except my husband could sleep. I would wake up in the middle of the night hearing kids crying or people arguing, but I couldn't make out what was being said. I'd open the door and everyone would be asleep. And this would happen to me almost nightly. My best friend made her bed on the couch in the formal living room where she faced the formal dining room. She would see a shadow person peek its head around the door entrance and watch her every night. When she couldn't ignore it any longer, she'd look straight at it and it would run and hide behind the dining table. Ew. Sometimes it would run from wall to wall as if it were playing tag with someone else. It was the size of an adult, so definitely not a child. Oh my God. Ew, ew, ew. That <laughs> freaks me out. No. Yeah. And I imagine it running back and forth really, really fast. Mm-mm. Two other so friends creepy. saw the shadow person in the formal dining room before my best friend arrived. So it's crazy that she didn't know about their experiences yet. Described the same type of presence. We got married. It was beautiful. And then we went down to Key West to celebrate. And I couldn't go all the way down there without seeing the most famous resident, Robert the Doll. 
My husband, who was a firm believer, thought I was being silly asking Robert the doll permission to take his photo and offering him candy, and he made jokes, but Robert was apparently not happy and was seeking revenge. I can't even get through this next part without shaking and tearing up. The next day, my husband and I drove back to the Spanish mansion where we were to be completely alone for one night while everyone else explored Florida. As we stepped foot in the house, I told my husband the energy didn't feel right. And he said I was just being extra. We sat in the den watching TV when we heard a large thud in the laundry chute. And while you can open the doors upstairs and downstairs, nothing's actually in the laundry chute. I asked my husband to check it out. And of course, it was completely empty. Either something opened and shut the door upstairs or something knocked on the door downstairs from inside. I had a really hard time going to bed that night because I felt like I was being attacked. I'd never experienced the sensation before. It was as if something was attacking my mind and my energy. I couldn't think straight. I couldn't relax. I was just on edge. I finally fell asleep well after my husband, and I just wish I never experienced what I'm about to say next. I woke up because of a noise, but I kept my eyes closed. I heard what was like a plastic bag wrestling, and then the zipper of my suitcase moving. And I thought to myself, why is my husband going through our bags in the middle of the night? But then I realized my husband was lying right next to me. I opened my eyes and was staring directly at a tall woman in a white Victorian dress standing on my husband's side of the bed. She wore a lace veil over her head, completely covering her face, and I could feel with every fiber of my being that this was not a good spirit, if it was a spirit at all. I opened my mouth to scream and nothing fucking came out. It was like a nightmare. I started clawing at my husband to wake up as she faded in front of my eyes. But by the time my husband came to, I was crying hysterically, violently shaking. And that motherfucker just rolled over and went back to bed without even asking what's wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to die if there's ever a house intruder. (laughs) And before you ask, no, I did not and do not suffer from sleep paralysis. I staged the shit out of that house the next day. And when I got upstairs to the bedroom where we slept... There were noises in all of the empty rooms around me. When I approached the room that we were staying in, because I saved it for last, the door started to slowly close. I stood outside of the room to feel if there was a breeze or literally any explanation at all, and suddenly the door slammed in my face. I still went inside, and I told that energy to GTFO. So coincidentally, we had booked a trip to Vegas for Christmas, which was planned well before our wedding was, So we took my best friend and we hopped on over to Sin City the day after this experience. The whole reason we were going was to see Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum and the Tim Burton Art Exhibit at the Neon Museum. If you've never been to the Haunted Museum, I cannot even begin to tell you how amazing it is. Go! Even though this next part might scare you off, but just go. (laughs) I thought I left the scary haunted shit in Florida, but no. I subjected myself to a whole new league of ghouls when we stepped foot into the museum. I felt someone grab my ass in the serial killer room. My hair was being tugged on in another. My best friend was also getting touched in rooms. And my husband, of course, felt nothing. There is a room where you're instructed to walk alone past the severed head of a serial killer. And I can't remember who. And you absolutely should not stop, not talk to it. Just walk in and out. What does my best friend do? She stops and she talks to it. And when she came out of that room, she told me that she felt like something was on her shoulders. Ew. <gasps> when, when we got back to the hotel later that night, we found three claw marks down her back. But that's not all. An hour into fangirling over our favorite parts of the museum, 
we heard what sounded like someone trying to get into our room, the unmistakable sound of metal jiggling, and we stared at each other, puzzled, but assumed someone had the wrong room. But a minute later, we both hear a strange noise that we couldn't immediately identify, but it was coming from inside of our room. My husband doesn't even notice it because he's too focused on his phone, and we ask him to investigate, and we cower behind him as he goes into the bathroom, and we all see that the water is running in the bathtub at full blast. Have you ever seen that happen? No, it was the kind of faucet where you had to lift the handle, turn it to the right temperature. Even my husband couldn't debunk it. Yet he refused to believe it could possibly be paranormal. Later that night, I woke up to someone whispering in my ear, and it was a whispered chanting that I couldn't make out. I opened my eyes and looked at my best friend sleeping in the next bed, but she wasn't alone. A black mass was hovering over her, and she was tossing and turning in her sleep. Good thing Vegas has some amazing edibles, because otherwise I would have never gotten back to sleep. And when we all got back to our homes, we cleansed ourselves and really tried our best to protect ourselves from being open to spirits for a while. I've always had experiences. The home I grew up in had a poltergeist and we went through the church, had an exorcism, the whole nine yards, but I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get rid of what follows me. I have a theory that Robert the doll opened me up to being attacked. As much as I tried to protect myself before seeing him, I think some forces are just too strong. I can also send you the story about my haunted house if you'd like. It's just as crazy as this one. I've attached photos of the house and the museum that Robert the doll is in. I pointed out where entities were seen. If you'd ever like to rent a haunted house in a beautiful place, I'll give you the deets. Save yourself now just for good measure. Angelica. I like the way that you, that she wrote, save yourself now, like save yourself. Yeah. Very funny. Very funny. But also, Angelica, I have no desire to stay there. I'm very sorry. No, I'm no thanks. Also, I'm going to have nightmares now thinking of the weight of a spirit, like feeling like there's a spirit crouched on my shoulders. Oh, it's like the old hag, but on your shoulders. Yes. No, yes. thank you. And it reminds me of that one film that I can never remember the name of. I think it was like a Japanese or Korean film. They remade it in America and apparently the original is way better, but essentially someone was taking pictures and in the pictures you could see the spirit. Oh yeah. I, I, it's grabbing onto the back like hunched You're onto so someone's right. shoulders i've seen that too so creepy that's a great movie actually i've seen the original it's really scary so much of this is terrifying i'm also imagining that when she woke up and saw the lady in white on the bed that it was standing on the foot of the bed not at, mm. not like standing beside the bed but actually on the mattress hovering tall above them yeah oh my god and the darting uh <laughs> shadow people back and forth like they're playing tag <laughs> Just everything about the story. So is many negative vibes. Horrifying. Horrifying. So terrifying. My face, it's, I feel like my face looks like I just smelled the worst smell because I'm just <laughs> disgusted by the idea of so, so much demonic energy so all around. Much. It's so crazy. Creepy. And I mean, Robert the doll has already been proven to be a very haunted doll. And mm -hmm. if you don't remember, we did do an episode about it, but you're not supposed to take pictures of him. And you are supposed to do what Angelica said, where you're supposed to ask permission, but he still yes. doesn't like photos of himself being taken. So just for anyone who does ever go visit Robert the Doll, I highly advise, and I think Angelica would probably highly advise this as well, just don't even, don't take a picture. No, just be quiet, be respectful, and move on. There are photos of him online, and you didn't yeah. take it, so you can look at him that way. This is, you need to evaluate the risk, and the risk seems... Too high for yeah. the reward here. Oh, and her friend with the black mass over her at night. Yeah, no, that's so 
disturbed. Ugh. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Why do we <sighs> do this? I hate ghosts and love them so much. It's yeah. It's a very confusing relationship. This is called demons, guardian angels, and I think you guys saved my life. Oh, and this is from Robin. <laughs> Let's see how we save the life. Oh my gosh. Hey, cool friends. I have a few stories for y'all, but first I want to say thank you for keeping me entertained during my hour and a half to and from work every day. I've been listening to you guys nonstop from October of last year, trying to get all caught up, and I'm finally almost there. <laughs> I have also been listening to you guys every night when I go to bed. What? I feel like that's staring. I get scared just recording. I know. <laughs> I don't know what it is about you guys, but listening to you is soothing. <laughs> to the point where i can't fall asleep without listening to you now <laughs> lol <laughs> wow we're hypnotic grin uh i've long said sabrina that you should do a sleep podcast because i think your voice is so soothing oh okay i'm down you should do it should Spin calm hire me yeah oh i think so absolutely I let's do it. email them great i have four different stories for you guys so i'm sorry this is long but they are all integrated together so it will only make sense if I tell you about them all at once. Okay, so now let's get into the good old spooky shit. Yeah. When I was little, maybe like seven or eight, my backyard was connected to a graveyard, which was terrifying. At this age, I didn't know anything about death or spirits, but I was still always was so, so scared to ever go into my backyard by myself. <laughs> I don't remember much of my childhood, but I will always remember the dark figure that would sit out by the graves and stare at me when I played. Oh my gosh. Jeez, um, this is so sad. It's like so many parents out there want a backyard to give their children and then she's given a backyard and it's terrifying. There's a figure staring at her. Very unsettling. This dark figure followed me around all of my life, but I think it was my backyard graveyard where the spirit became first became a part of my life. Mm. He was hunched over. He was very skinny. I could see the bones of the creature bulging out of his skin. Oh my god! Its skin looked black and scaly, and it was also always surrounded by smoke. So it was very difficult to really tell all of the little details. The main things I will always remember were those long pointed fingers and toenails sharp and long enough to be 10 little hooks. His teeth were long, pointed, and yellow. His eyes were pitch black. No, darker than that. Mm. It was like looking into absolute darkness. True horror blew over me whenever I looked into its eyes. Oh my gosh. It got to the point where if anyone left me alone in the backyard, I would run back into my house with my eyes closed. And I ran into a lot of things because <laughs> of this. Ha ha. Oh no. When we lived in the house... We had a few paranormal things happen, but it was never too scary. The one that I remember the most is being at home and my mother was just in the kitchen making lunch for me and my two sisters, and then she left for the bathroom. She had left the large cutting board that was made of glass on the kitchen counter, and when she left, we heard a big crashing noise. So my mom ran back into the kitchen. The glass cutting board had completely shattered into a million bits, and the weird thing about how the glass broke was that nothing was anything near it at the time, and all of the little pieces were still all perfectly together, just mm. with a tiny bit of space between each piece. And that was the last thing I remember from our graveyard house. Back in 2016, my great-grandmother passed away on Halloween. Oh, She loved the holiday, so it was really quite fitting that it happened on that day. Yeah, I'd like to die on Halloween. I know, me too. It was as if she was waiting for her favorite time of the year to move on. Oh, <laughs> Wow, if we have any control over this, I'm hoping for this for, for both of us. Let's hold hands in our costumes. Okay. When we're okay. old grannies and 
go together. Down. <laughs> it's a weird pact that we just made, but I'm into it. <laughs> it is. I was just thinking that. But I also <laughs> think it's really special. How many other people can say they have a pact like that? Yeah. We just need to make sure that it's in a place where, you know, like children won't find us. <laughs> <laughs> and also where like people will find us and not leave us for a long time. Yeah. I don't want to be stinky. That's my worst fear. <laughs> Even in death. You're going to be regardless. Ugh. Gross. <laughs> okay. Now, at first, I didn't think much of it, but shortly after she passed, I kept picking up a slight scent of stale coffee and cigarettes. But I didn't think it was anything at first because I used to be a smoker and I was always drinking coffee. That was until the summer of 2019, because that June, I went into an inpatient program for a plethora of mental health issues. When I was in my program, I had many times when I felt hopeless and lost because facing these issues was the hardest thing that I ever had to do in my life. Mm -hmm. But when I was in there, I realized that every once in a while, I would get a bit of that coffee and cigarettes scent coming through, which is highly unusual in a hospital because obviously no one in the premises is able to smoke. That was when I realized that my gram was coming over and making sure I was okay. And once Aww. I realized this, I knew that I was going to be okay and I would get through this. Oh my gosh, I have chills. Aww. I spent the next three months going from inpatient to outpatient, but the spirit of my gram definitely helped me get through all of that. The next one is more of a thank you to you girls because I think you may have saved my life. Oh my gosh, so a part of my work commute is a 15 minute walk from the train to my building in a busy part of the city. And because I've been at this job for quite a while now during this walk, sometimes I just go into autopilot and I don't pay too much attention. I know stupid and dangerous. LOL. There was one day a few months ago when I was listening to your podcast during my walk. And although I can't remember exactly what you were talking about, I do remember one of you yelling, stop. I think you guys were just talking and freaking each other out with dark theories. <laughs> On someone else's stories, as per usual, but hearing you yell this kind of startled me, and so I stopped. And as I did, a car went straight through the intersection <gasps> that I was about to cross. This car was going roughly 50 miles per hour and blew through a stoplight. So if it wasn't for you guys goofing off in the way that you do at that very moment, I might not be writing this story to you. Oh. Coincidence? Question mark. <gasps> My gosh. <laughs> I feel like that's spirit intervention right there. Like we didn't do anything, but the spirit was like, let me protect you by having you listen to this one episode where yeah. the exact timestamp will save you. Oh my gosh. Or maybe we are divine beings and we should get some hero medals <laughs> up in here. Okay, Kanye. <laughs> Yay. Wait, I'm, that's crazy. I'm so glad that we, we were being dumb as we are and that helped stop i know something crazy from happening That's so wow. nice wow crazy oh all right gosh. ladies last one lol so my most recent encounter happened a few weeks ago which sucked because with quarantine i couldn't leave my house to get away oh my gosh no that's so true we talked about that at the beginning yeah. of quarantine but we haven't really been checking up on people as much as i think we should yeah are you okay? check on the people in the haunted houses I was in my bed taking a nap, and I am unsure if I was astral projecting or if it was really just a crazy dream. But I got up out of bed, and when I turned, I saw my body still laying in bed. Oh, my gosh. And that is when I saw him. <gasps> out of the corner of my eye, I saw movement in my closet, and I just knew that it was that stupid graveyard demon back at it again. He had the same terrifying claws, the scaly skin, and all of the smoke around him. But this time... He was smiling. Mm -mm. It was the most disgusting and terrifying little evil smirk I have no. ever seen. It was like true evil incarnate coming after me. He slowly started to crawl 
out of my closet and towards my body on the bed. But it wasn't like a normal type of crawling, more like Samara, where the back legs come forward. As I was watching this, I felt stuck. I didn't know what was happening, but I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. I thought that this was going to be it. This is how I was going to die. Or worse, I would get possessed. At that moment, when I'd just about given up, I got hit in the face with the strongest smell of coffee and cigarettes. (laughs) Oh my God, chills. (laughs) My gram had come to save me. I felt a push and I fell onto my bed and I was suddenly back in my body. I had fully woken up and I thought that it was all just a terrible nightmare. I looked at the closet. He was gone. And then I looked at the foot of my bed. He was here, crawling up my body. Oh my gosh. But I couldn't move again. And the smell of my gram got stronger. And then my little demon finally disappeared. After that incident, I could smell coffee and cigarettes in my room for weeks. I think she was sticking around just to make sure I was okay. Oh. Once again, I want to thank you guys for making my commute more bearable and safer, as well as helping me fall asleep every night. As of right now, I haven't had any other encounters with my graveyard demon, but if anything else happens, I'll be sure to let you guys know. I'm so sorry. I know this email is already crazy long, but if you'd like, I can send you more stories. Absolutely. Yes. On how my meditating has brought on more encounters. Oh my God. Being in tune enough to know someone has passed in my house without being told, the shadow people I see in my house, a ghost cat from the place I used to work at, and how I'm related to a serial killer. Oh, we need to know all of these. Robin, email us every single one of those stories. Stay safe and happy quarantine. See you on the other side. Love, Robin. I'm shook. Shooketh. Shooketh. Like, what is Graham this? is a superhero. Yeah, love Graham. Love Graham. Here for Graham. Karina and Sabrina for Graham. Graham for yes. 2020. Graham for 2020. I just... I'm like speechless because this like creepy demon figure that started following her since Robin was in the graveyard or at her childhood home. Like, what does it want? Has it been waiting all this time for Robin to actual project and then take over her body? This is like Insidious. If anyone hasn't seen Insidious, spoiler alert. So fast forward 30 seconds. But in (laughs) Insidious... In the photographs, they see this like veiled creature that's getting closer and closer and closer and closer yeah. to the person that they are trying to steal the body from. And so when this person astral projects, this creature finally gets the chance and is close enough to possess this person. And I feel like this is what was happening here. It's so like awful. Stalking for so long until it went from being yards and yards and yards away sitting in the yeah. graveyard to being closer and closer and closer and closer and closer until it finally had the opportunity to crawl up and try to possess her and freaking graham came in <sighs> oh bless her it's also just the fact like like robin said the fact that we're in quarantine right now and can't leave our place to just know that he it whatever the thing is is lurking and you know kind of taking advantage of this time and the fact that she can't leave. Yeah. I think though, I honestly, I feel like that's why her gram stayed for even longer. Yeah. Cause if you think about that, if you experience that, that is a horrifying and such a scary experience. And you're basically trapped. The majority of people don't have other homes to go to no. or relatives and friends that they can easily just quarantine with. Like most people are stuck where they are. Yes. And so that fear and that feeling of like lack of control and entrapment I think would only make you spiral more. Absolutely. And so I feel like her gram, yes, maybe it was to protect Robin from this 
this creature, but at the same time, part of me thinks that she was there to ensure that Robin wouldn't lose it and like kind of unravel with fear and increase her anxiety around this encounter. Because if she did, that would only open her up more to this creature coming back and attempting it again and possibly being successful. So I feel like Graham was really just being a cheerleader and making sure that she felt safe enough that she could move on and now be like, oh yeah, that was creepy. Yeah. But not obsess over it. Ugh. It's still so unsettling. I know. Oh, all right. Well, Robin, please stay safe. Whew. Yeah. We'll send good vibes your way. I'll send my spirit guide to you. We should just record a, a an episode where, just, where we're just yelling warnings. Stop. No, don't do it. Don't do it. And post it and see how many people think we're saving them. <laughs> <laughs> just 90 minutes. No, Corinne, don't do that. Don't. Stop in your tracks. Turn around quickly. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know why there's an accent on this podcast, but. Maybe not funny, but I'm glad that we have transitioned into saving people. Because if you remember in our first year of the podcast, we ran Bob off of the road with our Lola tampon speech. So. That's true. You know, sometimes we create danger. <laughs> and other times, <laughs> I guess we help. That's true. I love that. We've we've come so far. We have. Okay. This is a story. This is from Gracie, and there's a video included. Ooh. And Gracie tweeted at us and said, I have something spooky caught on camera from the Stanley Hotel. And I was like, need to know. So we have it. Am I going to be scared? Did you watch it? Sorry, I'm eating chocolate. I haven't watched the video yet. It has to be. I have to like experience these things with you. Okay. Okay. Then I won't watch it. Hey, spooky ladies. I about lost it when I heard Sabrina talking about hitting up the Stanley on her haunted honeymoon. We also paid a visit to the Stanley on our honeymoon and had a very spooky encounter. My husband and I had a pretty unique honeymoon. We traveled cross country in our camper to 16 national parks and over 20 states. It took us 42 days start to finish, and it's our proudest accomplishment to date. That is so cool. Our last stop was Rocky Mountain National Park slash Estes Park, Colorado. So obviously we had to hit up the Stanley. My husband is a skeptic, but mostly I think he gets creeped out by the paranormal stuff. He wasn't super jazzed about paying a visit to the Stanley, but the whiskey bar managed to convince him. Unfortunately, they weren't running ghost tours due to COVID, so we decided to play in the hedge maze and wander around the grounds of the hotel. And as we were wandering the grounds, we noticed a back door that led to the second floor was left wide open. Technically. Also, let me just interrupt you for one second. Sma is shaking my head. SMH. I know. Oh. (laughs) I thought you were just like, But people know that too. Oh, I didn't know. Right? People should know. Well, now they will. As we were wandering around the grounds, we noticed a back door that led to the second floor was left wide open. Technically, non-guests are not allowed past the first floor without a tour guide, but we felt like this was our chance to catch a glimpse of room 217. So we nonchalantly wandered into the door and onto the second floor. And the whole time we walked to the second floor, we didn't see another soul. All of the room doors were wide open for cleaning, but there was no sign of any human presence on the floor. It was eerily silent. We kept wandering around until we turned the corner and there it was. The famous room 217. We were stunned into silence. I got my phone out and I snapped four photos from the same spot. And then we headed to the whiskey bar. As we were waiting for our drinks and food, we decided to check out the photos I took. We noticed right away that I captured an orb next to the door handle in the very first photo I took. 
Fortunately, it was a live photo, so I was able to see exactly what the orb was. Sure enough, the live photo showed the orb shoot out of the closet, bounce around in a figure eight shape, and then zoom into the keyhole before it disappeared. We were shocked. We stared at each other in disbelief with chills running all over our bodies, and I converted the live photo into a video and attached it below. My skeptic husband is convinced that whatever we captured on camera wanted us to find it, and I think he's right. Regardless, it was a pretty epic end to an already spectacular honeymoon. Sabrina, best wishes to you and Nick on your new lives together. See you on the other side, Gracie. And now we can watch it. All right. Oh, we have to download. Oh, worth it. I'm going to open, but I'm going to press play at the same time as you. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. Ready? Play. Oh. I need to replay it. Oh. It really does come out of the carpet and then move around and go into the keyhole. It literally disappears. Like it, like it almost goes skinny. It goes from being an orb to like this slit that yeah. matches the size of the keyhole to go into. You're so right. It changes shape. Oh my gosh, you're so right. And two, the other thing is like, I feel like when you'd watch this video, you'd be like, oh, well, it might be a light just reflecting in the camera. But if you watch the video, the pan up is so smooth. And then the light itself, it looks like a bug flittering around like a flame, you know, like it's like all over the place. It has like a little glow to it. Yeah. It's jittery. Yeah. Ooh, cool. Crazy. We will get permission and ask Gracie if we could post it on our Instagram. And share it with all of you. Oh my goodness. So cool. I like the idea that that the spirit wanted them to see. Mm-hmm. Them. Which makes me think too that if we're if we're going with the theory, since the video seems pretty, you know, benign, there's nothing coming for them, nothing the walls aren't bleeding or anything. <laughs> it makes me think that whatever spirit was there at the time just knew that they were, you know, kind of newlyweds and that they would really, really, really want to see the spirit or at least that Gracie did mm-hmm. and was like, here, this will be my little wedding treat, my little present to both of them. Yeah. And most of the spirits there are good, nice, positive spirits. Like people don't really have, sure people get scared and spooked, but the experiences aren't negative per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, now I need to go to the Stanley. You have to, I'll go again. Okay. <laughs> I'll never stay in room 217, though. We need to relook at that book of all of the hauntings and just avoid all of those rooms room because I won't sleep at all. Yep. yep. Not into it. Avoid the scary stuff. All right. So we have one. This is from Kaylin. It is called My Sinister Childhood Home. I just don't like the name, the subject title. I know. Don't like it. Hi, spooky sisters. I discovered your podcast about a month ago and I'm hooked. I've been inspired to share my stories that I've kept to myself for so long. Everyone on my mom's side of the family has some form of abilities, with one aunt being very clairvoyant, another possibly telekinetic, and a cousin that can hear spirits like me. I'm an empath and have been really super sensitive to vibes my entire life. When I was four, my parents and I moved into a home that we would live in for eight years. I remember being so young, but already feeling terrified of the house when I would go with my mom to paint and prep for the move-in. My parents justified it as just having a hard time adjusting to moving. When we moved in, my bedroom door had a padlock on the outside of the door, so you could lock someone in it. Weird, right? We also noticed that my closet had scratch marks in the back of it. One time, my parents were doing some landscaping and found a gold wedding ring buried in the flower beds. There were tons of things like that that happened in this house, and I think there was something evil or angry in it. 
So here are a few of my experiences. My birthday is October 22nd. Hey, happy belated birthday. Happy belated. So as a kid, I always had Halloween-themed birthday parties. (laughs) When I was in fifth grade, I was having a spooky party with some friends from school, and we decided to play sardines. One person hides, everyone tries to find them. My friend Katie hid, and we set off to find her. Another girl and I were in my little brother's room when we saw a pale hand come out of my brother's closet and wave at us. We both saw it and screamed, Katie, we found you! (laughs) But nothing. We went into my brother's closet and nothing. No one. Katie had been hiding in the basement the whole time. We lived in the house until my brother was three. In between the ages of one and three, my brother would wake up every night at 12 a.m. and scream for a minute straight. We had two cats when we lived in the house. And when we lived there, they were mean. They hissed. They fought all the time. And when we moved in the future, they were normal. They were friendly cats. My parents constantly fought when we lived there. My dad was very angry. He was abusive. Not a ton of good memories there. But when we moved, it was like the peace had been restored. My dad was a completely different person. When I was in third grade, I would walk home from my school and be home alone for about an hour until my mom got home from work. As soon as I entered the house, I would feel scared. I'd bolt up the stairs, quickly grab a snack, and position myself in the recliner and not move until someone came home. I would put on cartoons to distract from my fear, but I couldn't block out the sound of doors repeatedly slamming in the basement. Oh my gosh. My cousin lived with us for a year when she was 19. Her room was in the basement. Oh my god, no. No, already no. (laughs) Something about the basement made me sick to my stomach. All of my toys were down there, but I rarely played with them because of the intense dread that I would feel while down there. When we were older, my cousin told me that she had to lock her bedroom door at night because all night long she would hear shuffling on the carpet, up and down, up and down the hallway, and someone mumbling, Lope! Oh my gosh, no. On the rare occasion that my brother and I would play with our toys downstairs, we would always leave a mess. Typical kids. One time my mom had just finished picking up our toys and she went to the laundry room. She came back out not five minutes later to find all of our toys out again, like she hadn't even cleaned. I had bunk beds in my room for a few years, and sometimes I would sleep on the top bunk. I vividly remember one time waking up at 3 a.m. and being in the middle of my bedroom floor. I'm pretty sure I would have woken up falling off of the freaking top bunk. But what the fuck? Lastly, my most terrifying experience. My parents' room was right across the hall from mine. Both doors always stayed open so I could see into my parents' bedroom. One time I woke up and I saw someone pacing back and forth from my dad's side of the bed to the bathroom. Then the light in the bathroom went on and off, on and off. Oh no. I wondered what my dad was doing, so I creeped out of my bed and into their room, where I found both of my parents dead asleep. This really scared me, so I ran into my room, I grabbed my blankets and my pillows, and I slept on the floor next to my mom's side of the bed. I was anxious, and I could not sleep. The bedroom door was open and the hallway was dark except for the dim nightlight. Suddenly, I opened my eyes to see a tall, lanky, black figure peeking around the corner of my parents' door. Oh my gosh. I have experienced sleep paralysis before, but I was 100% awake but petrified. I watched it for what felt like an eternity, peeking in and out and in and out. Oh my gosh. It was so tall and its head was shaped funny. Finally, it slowly walked past the door down the hall, and into my little brother's room. Oh my gosh. My big sister instincts kicked in and I said, hell no. And I got up to chase it away from my baby brother. When I got into his room, there was nothing, no one. 
but my little brother was sitting straight up in his crib, wide-eyed, and he Uh, began to cry. That's why he was screaming every night. Every night. Oh my God. So sad. When we moved out, my parents bought my grandparents' house when I was 10. All activities ceased when we moved to our new home. It was warm and it was peaceful. I don't know who or what was in that house, but I know it was bad. The air was always heavy in that house, and I'm convinced that it was affecting all of us in a negative way, even our pets. I drove past the house about two years ago, and it was empty. I pulled into the driveway, and I was going to snoop around until I started to feel the same overwhelming sense of dread. I burst into tears, and I drove away as fast as I could. I have many more stories from this home and other spooky things that I've experienced and stories from my family, like when my mom lived in a house as a kid built on a Native American burial ground. I'm sure I'll send those stories... But until then, much love and positive vibes to you both. See you on the other side, Kaylin. Oh my gosh. She's so brave so, for running after that lurking figure. I don't think I would. I think I'd just scream like, <laughs> mom, 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 and make her go. Yeah, her brother's lucky to have her. Seriously. So scary. It reminds me of Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, you're right. Just all of the different things happening. Mm-hmm. Or even Blind Manor, too, just... The way that the footsteps, you know, like the footprints were always found in the house and they credit it to the children. But the same way there's like this mystery of her brother screaming every night at midnight. What is that? The toys. The to- yeah. The slamming doors. The shuffling and mumbling. It's like each spirit has their own little routine and their own little corner. Yeah. Oh, I don't like it. I know. It's super, super creepy. I'm just glad that there was light at the end of the tunnel there and that all of her family members and her pets had peace within a few years of moving. Right. Out. You know, like it wasn't, it wasn't full time. Like that many years is plenty, but yeah, it didn't follow. By the them. time she was 10, they were gone. That's true. That's good. Did not follow them. And that's no, all we need. Right. Okay. I have a story to wrap us up. I will say it is quite sad, but it is also heartwarming. Okay. This is from Kaylee, and her subject line is the best ghost ever. Hey girls, my name is Kaylee and I'm a huge fan of the podcast. My story is a little sad at first, but later becomes happy. So let's dive in. Last year in 2019, my husband and I became pregnant with our first child. We were ecstatic. We told a couple family members and had our first appointment and everything looked great until the drive home. I had this feeling something was wrong and I looked to my husband and saw the joy in his face and I couldn't bear to tell him how I felt. So I kept quiet. That night, I finally told him that I thought something was wrong and something was telling me strongly to do something, but I just didn't know what. My husband told me I should brush it off because I worry literally about everything and thought it was nothing. And so I agreed and went to sleep. My next appointment was the following week and I was ready. My husband and I pulled into the parking lot of the doctor's office. I leapt out of the car. I rushed in and signed in and my gut was turning. We go back in and it was ultrasound day and the the woman gets started right away and suddenly stops and shuts the monitor off. My husband asks how the baby is doing and she turns towards us and tells us the baby didn't have a heartbeat. We look at each other and both begin to cry. Months go by and I fell into a deep depression. My body felt numb and lifeless and my husband was really worried about me. Later, we were getting ready for bed and he told me he loved me and gave me a kiss goodnight and fell asleep. I curled up in a ball and finally fell asleep. I woke up or so I thought. I was in my dream walking around my old childhood house and this brought joy to my face because everything was where it was when I was a kid. I then heard laughter coming from my parents' room, which was on the first floor. And I walked through the door and I saw a man in a rocking chair holding a baby. I smiled and said, the baby's adorable. The man looked up and I saw it was my grandpa. I was shocked. 
He was my mother's dad, and he had passed away when I was eight from ALS. He chuckled and said, she's beautiful and looks just like you. And I started to cry, and I ran and hugged him and told him I loved him and missed him. He said that he loved me too, and that he would look after her and love her with all of his heart. Just a little side note, I was really early into the pregnancy and didn't know what the gender was. Then the room suddenly went black and I woke up. I sat up and I cried to my husband. He woke up and rolled over and hugged me. And I realized this was probably the greatest dream I've ever had. And after that, things began to get better. A few more months go by and my mom and I were out getting brunch and I told her about my dream and she suddenly stopped. She began to cry a little and she said that she had had a dream like that when I was born. She told me that she was in her dream walking into my nursery to check on me when a man was holding me in a rocking chair kissing my forehead. He looked up at my mother and my mother began to sob. It was my other grandpa, her father-in-law, and he told her I was beautiful and he would always watch over me. My other grandpa had passed away a month after I was born from cancer. And now I know I have two ghost guardian angels watching over me and taking care of my baby. And I can't wait to get pregnant again to maybe have another surprise visit. Thank you so much for reading my story. Sorry, it was... <laughs> I'm crying. Woo. Thank you so much for reading my story. Sorry, it was sad. But hey, I told you it had a happy ending. See you on the other side with love, Kaylee. Oh my goodness. To have two different grandfathers too. Just so much love and attention mm-hmm. and energy put towards their family members and all of the babies and all of their new family. Regardless of if the family is here on earth or up with them. It's really special. It's so special. And just her grandfather knew that she needed that message to like have some lightness back in her life and to help her Mm -hmm. move forward. And to know that her baby's being watched by her family members is so sweet. I know. And now she knows the gender too. Mm -hmm. Her little girl. Oh, I love stories like that. I mean, I feel like women don't talk about miscarriage as much and I remember I was like 10 or 11 and my mom mentioned that like before having my sister, she had a miscarriage and she like used to have dreams of him. And she, she, I don't think ever got to the point where she knew the gender either, but she always had a feeling it was a boy and she would have dreams of him. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. That's so crazy. I'm very curious to hear about, yeah, all of those instances where I feel like other siblings too, like children will know yeah. or find out that they had a sibling because they keep seeing someone and then finally tell their parents. I feel like I've heard that one before yeah. too a few times, but wow. oh, chills, uh. chills, chills, chills. Oh, well, you guys, Halloween never ends with two girls, one ghost. So please continue to stay with us and join us for every weekend of the year for spooky tales. And please send us your spooky tales and your spooky stories, your family's spooky to- stories alien encounters, Ouija board encounters, anything, send them to our email at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. You can also support us by following us on Instagram. We have Twitter, we have Facebook page that you can like, it's just a business page. And then we have a Facebook group that you can join. And we have seven amazing moderators who handle it all and, Mm -hmm. and are great. And everyone in the group is so great. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so fun to look and gossip on there (laughs) (laughs) no it is a great group i feel like we're friends with all of them Uh, yeah we've recognized people from the group before Mm -hmm. i remember when we were doing live shows we would recognize people's faces in the audience and we would 
know their names because they were active on the Facebook group. Yeah. And we're like, oh, Vic, I know you. So and so. Yeah. <laughs> Please rate and review us on iTunes too. That's huge and very, very important and helps us get up on the ranks and mm-hmm. other people find us because you all know we're prepping already for next holiday season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just tell a lot of people about us because. You know, you might be into spookiness year round, but if someone else wants some spooky stories or perhaps if they find us soothing and a, and a good podcast to listen to while going to sleep, that's <laughs> cool too. We're into that. Yeah. And real quick, thank you to our editor, Eric Fossiter and your whole team at Upfire Digital. Thank you for editing our podcasts and making us sound much better than we are sometimes. And, uh, and we will. See you on the other side. Very smooth.